We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. Welcome to another edition of Union of the Unknowns, where today you have myself, Jacqueline ATL Connector, and our favorite Canary Island, Terry Canary. Hello there. Um, so today uh, we are going to be talking about the Carlisle Group, and we both don't I mean, I don't know an extensive amount about it. We're learning about it kind of as we go. And we're just here to have a discussion. And we'd love to hear people's comments, suggestions, or things that you may know that we've missed. Um, and so one of our uh, um, posters in our Discord group had posted a poll on uh, Biden, like who was uh, gonna win over Biden. And so it was an interactive poll and it was basically the Republicans that were involved was Ron DeSantis, Glenn Youngskin and Donald Trump. And it was basically how the poll read, it was everybody but Joe Biden or, or Donald Trump is what people wanted yes. <laughs> for, <laughs> for for president. So then I didn't know who this guy, Glenn Youngkin, was. And so I looked him up and then right on his Wikipedia page, I had saw that he was the member, he was like the CFO or something like that. Uh, he was the, C yeah, he was the CFO. Um, CFO. For or CEO, what was it? But he was, a, yeah, he was a CFO, and then uh, he was twenty-five years at the Carlisle Group, which is our topic today. And then oh, just yeah. before he left in two thousand and eighteen, he was co-CEO, so he was right at the top. Right. Which I was like, oh my god, the Carlisle Group, the Carlisle Group. Like, what's going on about the Carlisle Group? And then come to find out, that's right, it was um, that they were involved with the Bushes and the Bin Ladens. Yeah. Which a yeah, lot of the, people the, don't know that. Yeah. So, uh, like you, um, Jackie, I haven't really heard much about this young king character. I vaguely heard about him in the gubernatorial race for um, Virginia. So he became governor of Virginia in 2021, and he resigned from the Carlisle Group so he could run for governor. And he kind of won surprisingly, didn't he? Because um, it was expected yeah. to go to the Dems. And uh, so that was a kind of like a Republican game in the governors, uh, governorships. Uh, but I do remember with um, something I do remember about Virginia is that it was one of these places that had a lot of controversy during COVID with the school boards. And they had a lot of people turning up complaining about what their kids were being taught by schools. Uh, and that made a lot of uh, news in Virginia. So there was speculation that's why it went over to the Republicans, because Dems uh, got very unpopular with backing these terrible school boards. Yeah, yeah, because they can see that. Oh, it's my friend 
Candace and I were talking and she was like, yeah, there are so many students that will go through and they're like amazing athletes, but literally the teachers will take the test for them and they'll graduate not even knowing how to read, but just doing such a disservice to the education of these children, just that. Yeah. So. Well, I think it was more that they, um, you know, during COVID, the parents were finding out the terrible things that these schools were teaching them about. Oh, you know, yes. Critical race theory and, you know, all the, all the inappropriate sex stuff they get taught. So, uh, um, and they were turning up at school boards um, and also about the mask mandates, I think, you know, and all these horrible restrictions they were putting on kids. So they were turning exactly. up and complaining. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and the trauma well, that's. Sorry, we were talking beforehand. You went over the figures. Um, so, what it was that they were they they uh, were surveying three theoretical presidential runoffs, weren't they, between Biden and three different Republicans? DeSantis. Oh. Have you got those figures? DeSantis, Trump, and Youngkin. It was Ron DeSantis was forty-eight percent plus five above Joe Biden. Glenn Youngkin was 55% up 16 from Joe Biden. So he has the highest lead. And then you have Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And Joe Biden is actually up one over Donald Trump. Wow. That is surprising. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so basically nobody wants Donald Trump at this point. I mean, they, obviously there's 46% people that do. There's only a 1% difference. And it's not like everybody was polled in that because we know polls are pretty biased themselves. But, but yeah. But why? What were your thoughts, Terrence? Well, yeah, I mean, like we were talking beforehand, Youngkin did best in that poll. And we were sort of speculating that probably there's a lot of people in America who don't know who he is because he's, right. he's, he's a new governor of Virginia and he hasn't, had, he hasn't really made a lot of waves as far as I know. I mean, obviously, I'm a long way away here. But everyone, I wonder how... Oh, you know what? He just, he came in 2021, so never mind. I'm sorry, what were you going to yeah. say, Terrence? Well, everyone knows Trump, and we thought that probably a lot of people would know DeSantis because Florida was getting a lot of bad publicity during COVID for their crazy policies, which were, you know, actually didn't, um, actually meant the state did much better than everyone else in terms of COVID deaths and cases and things, which uh, no one ever likes to talk about. So, uh, but he was getting a lot of flack, wasn't he, from the Demo from the left leaning media, saying he, you know, he's doing crazy stuff. Oh crazy yeah, DeSantis. <laughs> but Florida kind of prospered over a lot of other states, so there's yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, not saying DeSantis is in a shill, but uh, I'd vote for him over everyone else. So, I think. Um, so uh, do you mind if I go into like a little bit, like there's this article I found. Uh, oh, it's Bush's senior meets with Biden Latin family on behalf of the Carlisle group of 9-11. That would be good, yeah. Um, okay. So they state that, and it's just, it's not off Wikipedia. And this article was written back in 2011. Okay. So the Carlisle group is a large private equity investment firm closely associated with the officials of the Bush and everybody's believed most trusted president before Biden, Republican Reagan administration, and has considerable ties to Saudi oil money, including ties to the bin Laden family. This morning, it's holding its annual investor conference at Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Washington, D.C. Among the guests of honor is investor Shafiq 
bin Laden, which I think was Osama bin Laden's, oh no, brother of Os- Osama bin Laden. And that's crazy. Former President George H.W. Bush, so this is the dad of the warmonger. Well, they're both warmongers. This yeah, is the CIA. Yeah, this is CIA Bush. Uh, Bush, uh, President George W. H.W. Bush makes speeches on behalf of the Carlisle Group and is also senior advisor to its Asian Partners Fund. Attended the conference the previous day, but is blah, 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 whatever. Who cares? Okay. So the Carlisle Group is one of the most powerful and successful private equity firms in the world with 13 billion. Now, this was 12 years ago. With imagine what they have today with 13 billion under management and with more political connections than the White House switchboard. <laughs> wow. George Bush Sr., his former Secretary of J- Secretary of State James Baker, former chairman of the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, author Arthur Levitt. The retired IBM boss Lou Gerstner and John Major, the former prime minister, are among the big names on the Carlisle payroll. The chairman is Frank Carluccio, former Secretary of Defense and Deputy Director of the CIA, a close friend of, of Donald Rumsfeld, who put Carlisle at the center of the American defense industry. Isn't that crazy, Terrence? Yeah, they certainly seem to be well connected. Um, I, I was, it was oh, on the yeah. page. It was on the Wikipedia page. I said their office apparently is between the White House and the Capitol in uh, in Washington. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> they're sort of like saying, "Yeah, we're at the center of things here, guys." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the center um, of it all. The Wikipedia page for them is actually quite informative, as you say. It's a uh, the Bin Ladens were heavily invested in the Carlisle Group, and um, or they've. Rather, the Carlisle Group had a lot of the Bin Laden's investments and they had to get rid of them in the wake of 9-11 because it was obviously a bit controversial. So it says the Bin Laden family liquidated its holdings in Carlisle's funds in October 2001, just after the September 11th attacks, when the connection of their family name to the Carlisle Group's name became impolitic. I'm sure it did. You probably know this story. You know the only plane that that flew out of America uh, after the 9-11 attacks? Because you know they stopped all air traffic. Yeah. And what was the only plane? The Bin Ladens were on the plane. It was the only plane that flew out of America after 9-11. Wow. (laughs) You wouldn't hear that in America, Terrence. (laughs) You don't get that kind of news overseas. Yeah. So that's going oh one one or more of the Bin Ladens because I think they were they were actually in America uh, talk, maybe talking to the Bushes or that not sure. Yeah, as uh, the United as their brother was being blamed for the terrorist attack. Yeah, they were really really friendly. They were really friendly with the Bushes. They um, you know they were they regarded them as the sort of the same family. They were very very close. We should definitely do like a deep dive on the bushes themselves because there's a lot there. Um, yeah. And I think that would be like an in- interesting like history lesson. I wonder if there's like someone like in in the truth tellers like circle or whatever that's ever done like deep dives on like the bushes, you know? Uh, I, I, there's a book I've got about them. Uh, 
what's it called? It's about the about the whole Bush family. Um, I haven't actually read it all yet, but um, I've got it on Kindle. But um, yeah, there's um, so it has a lot of people have gone into them in a lot of detail. Of course, George Senior was uh, in Dallas uh, at the time of the Kennedy assassination. That's another thing. Um, there Is that were quite what a lot. The assassination happened was in Dallas. Yeah, he was. Uh, there were there were. I think it was like there were four presidents or future presidents in Dallas on the day of the Kennedy assassination. And obviously, there was Kennedy. There was George Bush Senior. I think Nixon was there, and uh, somebody else. You know, it might have been um, uh, might have been Ford. Actually, I think he might have been there as well. So wow, yeah, it's crazy. crazy. What a coincidence, eh? <laughs> and um, and everyone had says, the CIA at the time. <laughs> everyone who was alive, or you know, back then, always says, "Oh, I know exactly where I was." You know, on the day of the Kennedy assassination, everyone can remember exactly where they were. The only person who can't remember exactly where he was is George Bush. <laughs> he had a complete memory for, I can't remember where I was, sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but he wasn't oh my, and, he was, and he was head of the CIA at that time, wasn't he? I think he was, yeah, yeah. Because he, yeah. he, uh, he then became president after being, he was vice president to Reagan, right? And then he became I president. Know, was he? I, was I was president. only like 10 years old when Reagan was president. Let's see here. Yeah, I was. I saw older. Reagan in person. My grandparents loved him. Let's see here. But they didn't understand what a shill he was, too. And how he started the drug war. Oh, one second. I think he was probably. Uh, it, it was, it was a, t a time before they weren't all completely controlled, but he was sort of. I think when they tried to assassinate him, I think they got him. You know, to do basically whatever he wanted, whatever they wanted. Oh yeah. Let's see here. Uh... But yeah, the Carlisle group seems to have had a lot of uh, quite well connected people. Now, so he went through John Major, the, the old uh, British Prime Minister. Oh yeah, yeah. Are you familiar? You're obviously familiar with him. He's a weird guy. It, it, he's one of. He, he was so devoid. Yeah. Of he was so devoid of charisma that you couldn't actually believe he was prime minister. It was like it's a bit like Biden, I suppose. You had to call every time you woke up, you sort of thought, Blimey, John Major's prime minister. I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind he of was, like uh, when Trump won presidency. Uh like he didn't even think he was gonna win. <laughs> yeah. No one thought I, Trump was gonna win, not even himself. I never thought um, I never thought he was gonna win. I thought it was gonna be Hillary all the way. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. God, I don't want that witch to have claims of the first female president. No. Um, okay, yes, it was Ronald Reagan, and then it was George H. Herbert Walker Bush was yeah. president after that. And he had two different vice presidents in both of his terms. Well, yeah, but wasn't uh, Bush was vice president to Reagan, wasn't he? Am I, I'm yeah, he was vice president, and then the next term he became president because the economy was doing so well that people got excited, and then that's probably when it started to go shit a little bit, and then Clinton came in office because he was allegedly the first black president because he smoked weed or something, apparently, what people used to say. I, I disagree with that personally, but... And then, uh, yeah, Bush became president again, 
then Biden. No, wait, then his son became president. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, I guess uh, Bush Senior was uh, became head of the CIA in 1976. So that was under Ford, President Ford. Okay. Yeah, because that was just before. Oh, and Nelson Rockefeller was vice president. Oh, that's not incestual. <laughs> that's interesting. That's crazy. Yeah, but I was like, oh my gosh, with this whole Carlisle group thing, it was um, it was just kind of crazy. Uh and and how the Bidens and everything were all involved in that. And it's like, how can people not think, even if, okay, like we don't, we're not placing all the pieces together and stuff like that, because it's obviously hard to do so. Um, it's like, how do you not think this was like some type of setup, you know? Yeah, they seem to be um, very well connected with a lot of these big defense uh, uh, companies as well, don't they? Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm just looking um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just looking through yeah, Wikipedia stuff. It's, it's the usual suspects, you know, Blackstone. They've got connections to, um, I think it was uh, Raytheon's in here, Northrop Grumman, Grumman, Hughes Aircraft Corporation. So, but um, yeah, it's like a, it's like a sort of spider's web, isn't it? They're all connected together. It's like we were talking about on another previous episode. They're all connected together, and they, you know, they've all interlocking directorships and all those sort of things. So here's a thing that you were talking about earlier with like when 9-11 happened. Okay, so with the, so this talks about why they were here. With the ascension of George W. Bush to the presidency, the White House is now full of ex-Carlisle employees, friends and business partners. And with the newly fattened defense budget, Carlisle has been able to extract massive profits profits from its defense holdings the same morning as American Airlines flight 11 9/11, roared towards the north tower of the World Trade Center the Carlisle group was holding its annual investor conference among those who gathered in the plush setting of the Ritz Carlton Hotel in Washington were former world leaders former defense experts and wealthy Arabs from the Middle East there with them, looking after the investments of this family, of his family, was Shafiq bin Laden, Osama bin Laden's alleged estranged half-brother. George Bush Sr., former CIA, was also at the conference, but left before the terror attacks. Oh, what a coincidence. What a coincidence. Right? <laughs> Do you think office, they might have uh, been tipped off, Terrence? Yeah. So hang on, where, where did they have an office in um, the Twin Towers? I don't know. It doesn't say here. Um, doesn't it? Doesn't I mean, this specific article doesn't say where it was happening at. Oh no, uh, no, no! They were glad they were gathered in the plush setting of the Ritz Carlton Hotel in Washington. Uh, were former Washington. world leaders, former defense experts, and wealthy Arabs from the Middle East. Do you think they called them? They, they called everyone over to the window at one point. Say, so you, you want to watch this? This is going to be good. <laughs> What's the missile coming in? <laughs> Sorry, the plane. Obviously, I mean, yeah, the plane. Yeah, oh, yeah. 
Oops, my bad. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it says it says the Ritz Carlton in Washington. Um, okay, so it is impossible to say when it dawned on the partners at the Carla Group that what was to come as a direct result of 9-11 would serve their financial interests. Perhaps it was that very day in the midst of the chaos and grief that had gripped the nation. Wow. Or maybe it was the next day when President Bush characterized like attacks and in no uncertain terms, acts of war. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, 40, oh, oh. Congress overwhelmingly approved $40 billion in emergency funds, about half of which is earmarked for armed services. So uh, Carlisle Group was involved in that. Wow! It's like our politicians are all so incestuous, so corrupt, and they're just so freaking evil. It's so gross. I wonder if they're uh, involved in Ukraine at the moment. Uh... Who knows? I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, I, I haven't got any. Um, nothing. Nothing much that's uh, on here that suggests so. You know, you know, nine eleven was one of my things, and um, there was a lot of uh, insider trading um, going on. For people were, for example, they were shorting airline stocks because obviously airline uh -huh. stocks went down hugely after nine eleven because people were worried about flying. And, you know, with the security stuff coming in. So, uh, and there was a lot of um, evidence that a lot of insider trading happened before 9-11. So, you, you know, foreknowledge of what was going to happen, basically. Okay. And the 9-11 Commission, uh, during their investigations of this, they said, uh, well, we, you know, we, we looked briefly into this and we realised that it wasn't um, Al-Qaeda or Bin Laden who were doing the insider trading. So we decided yeah. it wasn't of any further interest. You know, so basically it's irrelevant. So we're not looking into it anymore. <laughs> well, it says here that in this article in Fox that was uh, March of last year. Shit, where did they go? Hold on. Uh, it's just like some guy from the Carlisle Group talking, blah, 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 blah. Okay, the Carlisle Group co chairman who previously worked in the carter administration added that green energy can't sustain the west in a situation like the russian ukraine war that's all it really says in this article uh it's just basically like the co-chairman is basically talking about the carlisle group he, he works at the carlisle group and apparently so they're still incestuous and they still have some um some market stuff like that so, yeah, apparently, like, uh, yeah. Um, at the bottom of the, the Wikipedia page, it talks about it's mentioned in Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 9/11. Um, talks quite a lot about. Really? Did they invest into that? Yeah, well, it, it talks about. It says uh, more focused on Carlisle's connections with George H.W. Bush and his Secretary of State James Baker, both of whom had at times served as advisors to the firm. The movie quotes author Dan Briody who claimed that the Carlisle Group gained from the September 11th attacks because it owned milita military contractor United Defence. And then there's another film, The World According to Bush, where they talk about the presence of Shafiq bin Laden 
at the Carlisle Annual Conference. <laughs> wow, it's, it's quite amazing that there was a Bin Laden in the Carlisle Annual Conference while the September 11th attacks were taking place. That's quite amazing. Exactly. Who yeah. apparently it was his, it was his rebellious brother, Osama. Do you think everyone everyone moved away from him and the, you know down the down the seats from him when they when they heard that your brother's just attacked? <laughs> All right, they're searching. They didn't. I don't think they knew who they were going to blame it on just then. But his brother is probably like, "That's okay. He's a black sheep. I don't care. Blame it on him." You know? Yeah. When did uh okay because. You know, you're not even from the United States, but you know more about our history than I do, which is unfortunate. <laughs> but, uh, and that seems to be with a, a lot of non-Americans. These Americans are just freaking idiots here. Um, so, uh, how soon after, when did they kill, when did they capture and kill the president of Saudi Arabia? Well, uh, do you mean... Um, Saddam Hussein. Oh, you took about um when uh, you mean uh Iraq. Okay, so yeah, okay, okay. But right. who was who was it that oh, okay, that was of Iraq. Okay, never mind. Yeah. But uh who was the didn't we capture um Well we killed you killed Osama bin Laden several times over, so that's pretty good game. Uh, Salam of Saudi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Salam. the Monty Python from Osama bin Laden. I'm not quite dead yet. Yeah, you are. I'm soon I'm be not dead. Quite dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Why did they claim that they captured him a couple times? I thought it was our uh, first real black president, uh, by Obama. Uh, that um, both Biden and that, Obama. That whole huh? story is like that whole story is a right load of rubbish. I think. Do you believe it? Because they said, because yeah. um, they said, oh, we haven't got the body. We rid him at sea in accordance with Muslim tradition or something. And and now all the Muslims are going. I think Muslim traditions. Why would you care about your enemy's tradition? Yeah. And then okay, the, when uh, you're in an art of war, it's savagery. What do you care for? And then the SEAL team, something, um, a lot of the SEAL team died in a mysterious crash soon afterwards, didn't they? Uh, it was all very fishy. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And a lot of people oh. say, he was, he, you know, he was, he'd been dead for years at that point. He was getting dialysis at an American hospital in, um, was it Qatar or something like that? It was somewhere in the Middle East. Really? He was going to the American I'm saying, yeah, he was, like, so sick, and he allegedly was living in a cave and stuff. So all of a sudden, you just captured this, like, warrior, this warrior who was super sick, like, his body was already debilitating him. Yeah, and a lot of people say the later tapes of supposed, that supposedly him talking were, you know, some double, because they said it doesn't really sound like him or look like him. <laughs> So I feel like that's kind of racist because they feel like that Americans or that white people feel like all foreigners look alike. I think that's kind of sad. Yeah, he'll he'll do. He looks he looks a bit Middle Eastern. <laughs> no one will know. 
Look, look at the shirt I got. It. This is one of the things that they, the mail are, are, are so fantastic mail system that doesn't add a mail forward. Uh, I got this in the mail today. Oh, I can't see it because the background is getting great. Ah, oh, there we go. Tinfoil oh, hat. Nice. Yeah, very good. It's a long sleeve shirt. So, yeah. Sorry, I was just kind of throwing that off. It was, oh, it says spooky action. It's uh, Sam, uh, I think Xavier Guerrero, and Johnny, which is his other Johnny Woodard. I saw a big perm yeah. hanging about, hanging out, out with him recently, his picture. Yeah, he gave us one, of, he gave him one of our shirts. Excellent. Which is amazing. Yeah, spread the word. Spread the word, everyone. Spread the word. <laughs> so, um, and, and then Sam shared it on Twitter, which was nice. So this, yeah. um, this uh, I suppose we better get back on top of it. This survey, um, we were speculating before we started, you know, the official recording that maybe it's just that nobody had really heard of Young King, which is why he did so well. Because, you know, yes. lots of people have heard of Donald Trump and don't like him. Lots of people maybe have heard of DeSantis and don't like him either. Yeah. Yeah. They think he offers too much. They feel like DeSantis offers people... Too much freedom. Yeah, too much freedom. You, you can't have too much. You can't have um, freedom. No. Can you? Well, you can't trust people to have freedom. They just go off and do anything they like. I mean, no. for goodness sake. No. I can tell you this. I would never be a good uh, president or something like that or leader of a country. Because my expectations just... would be too high and I'd be whipping people all the time. Get into shape. <laughs> this is absurd. How well, dare you think so idiocracy? Presumably you'd be a libertarian president, though, and you'd, you know, you'd sort of get rid of all the rules and let people, you know, let people more or less do what they want. Give Unless you're on my on my property, then you'll have to suffer the consequences. Well, that's fine. It's just going, you know, my stuff and my rules. <laughs> So uh, oh my we, don't really think, anyway. we don't really think this guy Yunkin is going to run for president, though, do we? I don't know. I have no idea. Has anyone even really announced it yet? When does it? When does that all happen? I don't when know. Do they announce the candidate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, well, no, do you, are you mainly a Florida resident, resident these days, or? Uh, or, 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 or I'm in Georgia right now. Yeah. Uh, so, but you've, you've got like one foot in Florida, right? Yes. So right now, uh, oh, no, that's not what I want. I'm trying to look up 2024 presidential. And it's next year, right? Is when they start. Yeah. Presidential. It goes on for years. I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't started already. <laughs> Um, no, well, ask, it's because yeah. Biden became president in 2021. We get four years, excuse me, 22, 24, 25. So I think he has until 25, but next year is when they'll start announcing it. Now the election, uh, will, next be the election will be 24, won't it? You get four years. So he was voted in in 2020. So he'll be, he'll be right. So he'll again. be out January of 2025. Yeah. But they'll be voting in like, uh, well, 2024, like 20 goes, on for, yeah. goes on for years now, doesn't it? 
I mean, they'll probably need to get the votes in in June so they can count them all by the end of the year. <laughs> count all those all the way. Oh, this is a duplicate. I'll throw this one away. This is a duplicate. I'll throw Already go for that. What's the triple start? Because, you know, in Britain, right, we have 50, 60 million people. And we have, you know, each, we have a load of little places. Uh, each MP represents an area. And each area gets, you know, they, they get votes. But some places are quite big. Like obviously cities, you can get like hundreds of thousands of votes. And they keep them all overnight. They announce all the results the next morning. So when did this thing they start in America? That, you know, oh, we, you know, we've got so many votes, we can't possibly count them for another month yet. It's crazy. Start. Bullshit. It's bullshit. You have, you have four years to prepare for this night. Yeah, you can't prepare in four years. It's bullshit because they used to be able to do that, and and what was counted, what was counted, and now they're allowing all this mail-in voting. But the mail-in voting should have been early enough. Yeah. So it's that counted that same night. Of course, you should have a deadline. You should say, you know, the election is going to happen by you know such and such a day, and we need the votes in, you know, by the day before or something. If it's so not in that day. Or the day before, then I'm sorry. Then your vote is whatever. Then you need to make it there. I flew in from Florida one time to come vote in Georgia and then flew back to Florida. Same day. I did a date, same day flight, right? Because I thought it was important. That was when I really felt like voting mattered. But now I don't. I don't. I'll still go and vote. Not because I think it's going to make a difference, but just because I feel it's like my American duty. You know, and in and, and, and the hopes that... It's it's really more in the hopes that it'll work. So so how are you doing that now, Terrence? Like now that you're not in, you guys are in like a different country and stuff. So how are you yeah. guys doing on that now? I don't vote. Yeah, Fiona, Fiona um, uh, kept her vote briefly so she could vote in UK elections. I don't think she does that anymore. I haven't voted for ages because I just think it just encourages them. <laughs> it's encouragement. So do you guys vote for prime ministers over there? Like, who do you vote for? Because uh, isn't you, vote it like... for, you vote for an MP, which is your sort of local representative. It's like a sort of uh, like a house representative, I guess, except um, then the party that, that wins. You normally know who's going to be the prime minister so that the, you vote for the party and the party's already selected a leader. And then the leader okay. of that party that wins becomes prime minister. Okay. Although they can they can switch it, uh, like happened recently in, in Britain with uh, Boris Johnson. He got kicked out, and then the party just selects someone uh, from their ranks to be the new prime minister. So the voters mm. don't get uh, any say at all in that. It's mm. not great. So it's like basically people that vote party line are always going to get the same bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It's a similar sort of thing, really. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. Uh, um, Except they have this first past the post system, whereby you've got an electoral college, which is a, kind of similar. So, uh, like you could have, you, if you're in a, a an area that's strongly conservative, um, and you know, you might like to vote Labour, but really it's a waste of time because you know that the guy. It's a bit like voting for a governor in, say, um, I don't know, New York or California. You know, you can vote for the, the Republican guy, but you know, he's, it's a wasted vote, really, because you know that the Dems going to get in. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think the last mayor, uh, Republican mayor, was uh, Trump's lawyer. What's his face? Mayor Giuliani. Yeah. Oh, in New York, so, New York City. Yeah, yeah of New York. So, yeah. so yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you with your Floridan hat on, uh, because Tom Woods again was talking to somebody from Florida, and you know Tom Woods lives in Florida himself, and he he thinks he's a bit sort of he likes DeSantis as governor. So, how would you feel if he ran for president, and you you know you get you'd have to lose him? I don't know. Tell me who Tom else. Woods is. I don't really know this guy. He's a kind of libertarian. He's a big in the libertarian movement in America, and he, he's he's a very good podcaster. His podcast is very very good. So he's a sort of freedom liberty guy. Yeah, I mean, if he's about freedom and stuff like that, I would totally go for him. Yeah, but he lives. Quite yeah. is he lives in Florida, and he, he quite likes DeSantis as governor. So he doesn't he'd have really to run to have a, because... to have a good chance. He'd have to run under Republican. Um, you know, ticket or something like that. He sure. couldn't really win. Would you be happy losing him as governor? That's my point. If he if he ran for president, that's my nervousness. But you can't have somebody forever, you know. But I think I'm hoping, especially because, ironically enough, like where they feel like they can get like the the Spanish um, population and stuff. There's a million people in Miami, right, in Miami Dade County, which is um like so you have the southern part of florida the southern part of florida you have key west then you have miami-dade county which is where all the cubans uh flee to right which hate communism right and they can smell that shit a mile away so a lot of cubans are puerto ricans okay a lot of the Mexicans probably may, I'm not really sure, but they may vote more Democrat because they want to live off the resources of the community and the Democrats lie and say they're going to provide you with all this shit. You know what I mean? Which is like, they're like, until their resources run out and they're like, oh, sorry, well, good luck with your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so they have, it's a strong Republican. So if he was able to get in with the Spanish culture and get accepted by them in Miami, that's like potentially a million people just in one county in Florida, right? And then you're going to have to win over the country people, which are living in the middle of nowhere in swampland in the middle of Florida, okay? Then you have this is why I think DeSantis kind of did a good job, but I think, I I really think that Miami got him the governorship, probably, because he's Spanish, right? Then you have a pretty diverse culture of it's Mexican, white, black, and stuff like that on the west coast of Florida, right? And then you have other country people on the east coast, but it's like beach country, so it's not like... I'm a rodeo horse country. It's like, yeah. you know, white trash, beachy people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> In the other parts of Florida. I feel like this is how Florida's kind of <laughs> broken up in segments. And then Broward County, which is where I'm from, highly Democratic. But it doesn't have as much of a strong force as Dade County does. 
Because I think brown. there's probably it's the brown know, maybe three That's where all the dodgy stuff happens, right? Broward County, was it? Yeah, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. 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 Uh, what am I thinking of? There's some funny shooting or something. Broward County, there's been lots of dodgy stuff happening there. I can't remember all, all the details. You probably know better. It's like that. when stuff happens in Florida, it's Broward County. <laughs> yeah, all bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but Miami presumably has a mayor, does it? And it's, it's presumably, I'd, I'd imagine that Miami's quite democratic because the big cities tend to be, don't they? No, no it's more Republican because oh, really? of all the Cubans. Right, okay, I see. Yeah. Right, because they don't want to deal with the democratic communism. That's that's the problem with this Dem plan of open borders, I think, because, you know, a lot of Hispanics uh, tend to be quite conservative, don't they? So they, they kind of like traditional family values and, you know, um, they, they wouldn't necessarily be up for all this woke uh, trap that uh, the Dems are promoting. So uh -huh. sometimes I think that might work against them, the fact that they're getting all these um, people from South America coming in. Because that, well, I, I think yeah, that was their idea. Cuba. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so let's hear Francis X Suarez. Suarez, good looking uh, Spanish guy. Who's this? He might be a Democrat. Hold on a second. Let's see. Is this the mayor? No, he's a Republican. See, he's a Republican. All right, okay. Yeah, he's the 43rd mayor. Uh, Francis X. Suarez, Republican Party. He is an American lawyer and politician serving as the 43rd mayor of Miami, Florida. He was elected on November 7th, 2017 with 86% of the vote and was re-elected on November 2nd, 2021 with 78% of the vote. I told you they're freaking Republicans. He is, but... Here we go. Hold on a second. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. And then let's see here. How? All right. How many people in Broward County, Florida? Oh, shit. Broward County is one. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's way more than I thought. Broward County has, so which is the next county over from Miami, 1.94 million. Okay, hold on a second. Let's see your Miami Dade. So it's part of Miami in Broward County. Uh no, Miami Dade. Yeah, but they changed it apparently. They changed the county from Dade County to Miami Dade. So Miami, that Miami Dade County, that county in Miami has 2.70 million. 2.70 million people. So they probably have 80. They have 80 more, they have, no, 24 more million people or something like that. I don't wow. know what it is. What's well, 2.70 minus 1.94, something like that. 80 million people, I mean. What was the crazy yeah. things that happened in Broward County? Oh, the Parkland shooting. That's one of the things, isn't it? So, of course, that's my oh, boss. yeah, my friend. Oh, you remember my friend Candace was on the spooky episode and talked That's about right. that. Yeah, yeah, it was that she had yeah. that about it. Yes. Was... Yes. Okay, 0. 0.76. So 76,000 more people are in Dade than in Broward. 
so that they help break up that, you know, helps to build up that electoral vote. So it's Republican, Broward County's de more Democrat, stuff like that. But you had Parkland shooting happen in Broward. The cops don't give a shit in Broward County, right? You can't, you, you can do some foolery in Broward. They don't give a shit. They, they, you know, the, the political system is there. They don't, they don't care. Their district attorneys are flipping over and over again. So really like any victim doesn't ever have the opportunity for true justice in Broward County. It's ridiculous. I think even, some, uh, huh? some other craziness associated with Broward County. I can't remember now. One of the, maybe one of the, the politicians, the senior politicians there was up to some dodgy stuff. Can't remember now. Maybe some. Oh, uh, uh, well, it was the chief, um, it was the sheriff's office. The sheriff right. for Parkland, for Broward County, after the Parkland shootings. Right. That's maybe what I'm thinking of. Yeah. 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 Super incestuous. Like, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they started having children that had like three eyeballs and two toes or something. Go ahead, Terrence. Oh, well, I, I was so, um, that's a democratic stronghold, it says here. I'm looking up the Wikipedia thing for it myself. So that presumably has not got quite so many Hispanics, is it? I mean, a lot of places, really all the damn strongholds are the cities, aren't they, in America? You know, just like even if you look at a place like California, you know, the place out in the sticks will be... It's more Mexican. Yeah. Well, I mean, Northern California, you know, out in the sticks and what, you know, is oh, the, yeah. the Republicans, aren't they? It's only the big cities that, that makes them swing yeah. democratic. Same in New York, yeah. I think. Say that upstate New York is really quite, you know, conservative. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but you know what though? It's that's a good thing about like the the system in a way, because it really just gives everybody, you know, that opportunity and it and, and the states are kind of so diverse that it kind of just depends, you know, how you wanna uh to break it up, you know. So yeah. And it's interesting. Uh, yeah. And, and, well, I mean, and, and it must be frustrating, though, mustn't it? If you're like, I, I suppose even in in like Georgia, you know, it's it's all the democratic votes are coming from places like Atlanta, I'd imagine. So you know, it must be frustrating if you know most of the really, but area wise, most of the 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 state is not really going along with with the politics, which is being driven by you know from the city. No, that's why like even though I'm like 10 minutes from the city of Atlanta, like during the vid and stuff like that, there was like all these restrictions and shit, but like, we're just 10 minutes away outside of it. And we're like chilling, like hanging out. You know what I mean? The cops are just leaving us alone and they're not harassing us because it was a little bit more conservative. And the cops normally for like real crimes and stuff like that, they're bothering people and they like don't let you know armed criminals and stuff like that get away and and all that i mean it's tough here but with um yeah but outside of that 
when we were like, we wanted to go and when I went for brunch today, they have a great patio area. So we would just go and order some food. And then you just sat on the patio and you ate it. And we all kind of like, you know, sat our distance apart because, you know, you just wanted to pretend like you were doing something. And, um, and then it was crazy because my neighbor, I was like, well, she's my neighbor. We can sit next to each other. Who cares? You know, uh, um, so stupid that you had to justify you were sitting next to somebody. It's just freaking outrageous. It's like, it's, uh, it's crazy, yeah. So, um, yeah, so we just hang out and like the cops just wouldn't say shit. They drive by, they're like, whatever, it doesn't matter, you know? But like if you were in Atlanta, you probably would have got tackled with food in your hand trying to eat a sandwich at a restaurant. Yeah. How dare that. you create such atrocity by trying to have lunch? Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, yeah, people are getting arrested for that in Britain, you know, for going out on, with a with a sandwich, and they were sort of they were having arguments about. Um, I don't know if you know what Scotch egg is. <laughs> it's like an egg wrapped in sort of like cooked meat in a, in like uh, fried inside of what kind of coating. So, well, they were arguing about what because the rules in Britain were you were allowed to have a meal, right? But you weren't allowed to eat food at the bar or some some crazy stuff like that. You could have a sit yeah, down meal, like but you, you if you went to the bar, you couldn't eat a packet of crisps because that was you know apparently the virus lingered in packets of, of chips rather than. <laughs> but if you're sitting, at oh, a is table, that what you call a like, crisp? It's, it's you call potato yeah, exactly, chips yeah. crisps. Yeah, okay, no, go back to the sandwich thing that you were talking about. You said it was well, wrapped. Right, started with that. So I have this. Uh, argument in parliament about what constitutes a meal whether you know like a pasty which is like a small pie uh, is that a meal and whether this thing a scotch egg which is an egg wrapped in chopped meat sort of fried i think it's like fried in batter or something and uh -huh. it's a small it's about this big uh about the size of your hand it, and they were sort of arguing well is that a meal or not are you allowed to eat a scotch egg or you know or a pie uh, it's just crazy Man, yes, if know. you're eating food, shut up. Like, are you eating food or not? And you then know? these two women uh, were arrested in Britain, walking in the, in the countryside somewhere, miles away from anywhere, on their own. And there were, you know, two, I think two sisters or, you know, part of the same household. And they were arrested by the police. And uh, they justified it by because they had a flask of coffee with them. And they said, oh, that constitutes a picnic, which is illegal. <laughs> It was really outrageous, some of the things that were going on. It was absolutely awful. It's like, why are you trying to create atrocities against your own mankind and yeah. not being a part of standing up against the abuses from the government, you know? It was just an opportunity for these awful people who like bullying other people. Yes have their day in the sun, wouldn't it? And sort of say, you know, I'm going to tell you what to do. You're not allowed to sit there. You're sitting too close together. You know, you've got to go back home. And man, it was, I mean, really, I don't think anyone, COVID really rings all my bells, as you know. <laughs> it's been really wound up. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to pay for it. And it's, it's, it's maddening, really. No one's ever going to pay for that shit because they allow... Uh, the politicians are getting away with stuff like that. So it's absolutely yeah. atrocious. So 
but Terrence, um, what, so I'm glad that we went through this in regards to the Carlisle group. I know we moved on to other subjects, which is fine. Because uh, that's what we do, and it's our podcast. So, well, here we go. <laughs> um, but the great thing about the and just talking about the Carlisle Group and and I'm, what I'm hoping that people get from this, and I want to hear what your thoughts are on this, is that okay? So you look at the you look at a politician. Okay, who is he like? You don't know who he is. Actually, take the time to look at who this front runner is, and then say okay, and then kind of look at what organization. And he was a part of and what that's about and then really say okay is this someone that i'd like to would they make the best decisions for this country and the other thing is would they be able to stand up to the oligarchs that are trying to you know that have been moving in and controlling um this country so yes. would they be able to do that? So absolutely. Look at their connections. And you know, if, if you see someone like Young King, who's got all these connections to these this big banking and investment group, do you really think he's gonna forget about those connections when he becomes a you know, when he now he's governor of Virginia? He's gonna yeah, go those back connections to are helping Of course. Yeah. So yeah. you know, the corruption will carry on. So uh I think you really, you know, I don't know if voting does any good, but, but I think, you know, Trump, for all his faults, you know, people were voting for him because he was an outsider. And, you know, I think people sort of uh, resonated with that because they didn't want anyone inside the Washington political machine. I mean, these, the, you look at some of those people like Pelosi and, um, you know, all those senators have been going, been there for like, 30, 40 years, they, you know, they're just career politicians. They haven't had a proper job in their lives. What have they got in common with ordinary people? Nothing. You know, it's their own little world. So, you know, don't think that they're, they're going to look out for us. <laughs> Zero. Zero. I didn't want anyone to think I was doing the one eye. The other two told me, let me have both yeah. of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, for our listeners, uh, Jackie was doing the one eyed uh, New World Order sign there. But then she turned yeah. it into a two eyed uh, sort of old world. I changed it to two eyed. <laughs> so that way, you know, and then earlier when I was messing with my contact that's like dried up i didn't want them to think oh i'm doing the one eye <laughs> so yeah so, well, you said what for president Duncan for president whoever he is what was he uh oh there is uh you know during we were all watching the ufc fight yesterday oh, and yeah. they kept doing the plaques Plaxovid commercial. And so I made up a rhyme and I was like, if you want rebound COVID, get <laughs> Plaxovid. Very good. I like that. Get Stella to put that to music. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I know because I am not the singer in the group. She is. So she's a creative one. So, all right, Terrence, uh, and hold on one second. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I had a great meeting. Is there any last thing you'd like to say before? Oh, always I, like, lovely talking to you. Uh, no, uh, I'll just reinforce what we were saying earlier. Be skeptical of these politicians. So, you know, they're not your friends. We're your friends, though. 
So you can count We on are. Us. We are friends. <laughs> so if you want to get any of our cool bonus content that we had before this show and or any of our other great bonus content, go to Union of the Unknowns, Union of the Unknowns.com and click on our Rockfin and sign up for Rockfin. If it's $15 a month, I mean, you can pay $5 a month just to get us, but I really think it's a better deal like what I do at $15 a month. And then you can get access to us. You can get tinfoil hat. You can get Monica's deep dives. You can get the propaganda report. You can get, um, there is this one other, oh my gosh, um, podcaster. And he has, oh my God, but he has uh, one of the best intros. Here it is. Uh, Macroaggressions. He has the best intro, I think, of any other book, including ours. I quite like Greg Carlwood's intro. And actually, um, I have to give a shout out to our, our, our own Keel. He does fantastic work on our intros, particularly for Not Your Mama's News. I just love that. It's great. And our bonus episode, he does an amazing one for that. He did it for this one. And then Stella. Brilliant. Brilliant. Stella. Yeah. With the artwork. He did our the bo- artwork. I'll give a shout out to our bonus content because Kiel kind of secretly recorded that uh, without us knowing. It was like it was a bit like our, our version of Project Veritas. So yeah. he secretly recorded us. <laughs> and it's, Except it's he's nice and doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything that will incriminate us, but <laughs> he does. But there have been some interesting conversations and stuff like that that he's right. had, so which is really nice. So, but yeah, just check us out at Union of the Unknowns, and then our amazing Think Change Repeat manages our Twitter page, and she's looking for. She creates these fantastic memes, and so please look, share, and retweet. And then comment and let her let she'll please remind her how funny she is on Twitter. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you, everyone. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks. 